Welcome to Dr. Annette West Speaks podcast. Again, this time I have received some requests from other people. And so I will be taking the opportunity this go around to speak from the topic of financial contentment, financial contentment. So I'm going to ask us the question, really, can we be financially content? Financial contentment is really the ability to have a state of mind of happiness and satisfaction, whether one has much or little. It means to be grateful for what one already has. It means to find comfort in what one already has. It means to have peace with what one already has and not always desiring more. Now, listen to this. I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with having more, but I believe it is all in the mindset of wanting more and not being able to enjoy and appreciate what one already has. Also, realizing that everything we have that is good that it comes from God. But we all need to learn how to be content in whatever state we find ourselves in. So look, what is God's perspective on finances? In the book of Haggai, the second chapter and the eighth verse, God allows us to have possession. He owns it. He owns it. He owns it. God owns everything. It says he owns every cattle, every person, every possession, everything. But then in Matthew, the 25th chapter, the 14th through the 30th verses, and I'm not going to read all of that, but to capsize it, it basically says that God allows us to be stewards, to oversee what he owns. If we if we understand the expectation of God, I think we will be able to enjoy what we have and not stress out about what we don't have. We would be able to see the blessings in what we have and not always looking for just more, more and more. But like I said, God owns it. When you know that it belongs to someone else, hopefully you will work to ensure the resources are used wisely. Oftentimes people have plenty, but they don't use it wisely. I think sometimes when people think it's theirs and they've created and they've done it and, and it's all about it's all about them and touching things and developing things and growing things, I think people can become a bit prideful at times and think that they've done something, you know, extra special. But when we realize that we don't own it and we are just stewards of it, 
Maybe we won't become frustrated if something happens to it, if something goes wrong, if we have less today than we had yesterday. We won't be anxious about things. We won't become depressed. We won't be stressed out about it. We are just stewards of what God has. That means he has entrusted us with these finances, with these things. How do we take care of these things? Basically, he's saying we are a manager. He is allowing us to be a manager of his resources. So we should be wise in what we attain. We should be wise in how we expend the resources that we have. Listen, a person can have a million, two people can have a million dollars. One can be wise in spending, one can be unwise. Five years down the line, the unwise person could have nothing because they weren't wise. They didn't invest. They didn't, um, they were more concerned with spending. They were more concerned with, then look, we do need to give to people. We do need to bless people, but we still have to be wise in that. Where the wise steward decides, you know what? God has entrusted me with this. I'm going to develop what God has given to me. I'm going to ensure that other people are blessed from it. But in the process, I'm not just squandering it. <clears throat> so how should we view God's money? So there are three things that I want to mention in respect to this in review and how we view God's money. We should view it as a tool. That's the first thing. The second thing, we should view it as a test. And the third thing we should do is view it as a testimony. So if I view money as a tool, think about it. A tool is an instrument to be used for manual operation. Money is the tool that you can use to complete the many things you need to do in life. God uses money and material possessions as effective tools. When we use this tool money correctly, we will not be overly concerned with what we do not have. We need to ask ourselves, how effective and efficient are our spending efforts? Paul talked about it in Philippians, the fourth chapter, the 11th through 13th verses. And he basically said, you know, I've learned how to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself in. I've, he says, I've been on both sides of this thing. I've, I've had lack and I've had plenty. But the secret to all of this is being content in whatever situation I find myself in. Can we be content? He said he was able to do everything through him who gave him the strength on either side of that, lack or plenty. <clears throat> the next thing I said is what? Money is a test. We are tested to see what we're going to do with what we're given. We are tested to see how do we expend those resources? Did we expend those resources in such a way that God was glorified? Did we expend those resources in such a way that others were helped? Or were we just taking resources and just hoarding them and just building up for our own selfish desires just to say we got all of this when we see needs and we don't reach out to those needs in the book of luke the 16th chapter the 11th through the 13th verses <clears throat> it talks about being trustworthy in handling worldly wealth when people see that you can be trusted then people will entrust you with more when god sees that we can be trusted with his resources god will entrust us with more and, you know, the word says 
we can't serve two masters. We can't serve two masters. Either we're going to hate one and we're going to love the other, or we're going to be devoted to one and we're going to despise the other. If we allow money to become our love, then God is no longer our love. That idol is our love. So we want to make sure that in this process of finances, that we understand that it's a tool and we're going to be tested to see how we utilize what God has given to us. But then I said, money is also a testimony. We testify, we show the world what we have done with the resources that God has given to us. You know, some we've all had tests. I would assume that we've passed at times and that we failed. I can remember taking my first driver's test. I passed the book part, but I did one thing wrong on the driving part. And guess what? That meant I failed the test and I had to come back the next day and remember the thing that I failed at so that I could get it right so I could get my driver's license. I, that's a testimony, isn't it? But most often when people fail, they will not share that with others. We need to help others with our testimony. If you see somebody that's going down a road that you know you've been, that you've gone down and it didn't work for you, reach out and try to help that person. If you realize that you were a squanderer and now you're not that way, but you see someone doing some of the same things with money that you did, take the opportunity to try to talk to them. Now, they may not receive it, but take the time anyway. <clears throat> and sometimes people will hide their failures because they will fear how others will judge them when they could really be helping someone in their own process. God expects that as we use his tool, money, we will be tested and thereby we will have a testimony to share with others. We do not have to be afraid when we are doing things the correct way. When we have been wise stewards of God's money, we should stand strong and be willing to tell others about it. I would ask you, what will your report be? What will your report be? How should we give? How should we give? How does the good steward give? And be content in the process. Our giving really should be proportionate to how we have been blessed. I know they say give 10%, but if you've been, been blessed at such a magnitude, 10% might be a, a pittance to you. It may be nothing to you. And that's why we should give in accordance to how God has blessed us. And since God is continually blessing us, I say it for myself, he's blessing me beyond measure. My cup overflows. And I know that whatever I give, however I'm blessing others, whatever my donations are, whatever my offerings are, whatever it is, it is so beyond 10% because I'm doing it based on what God has given me and I'm doing it based on my heart. As I receive more, I give more. I don't say, oh, I gave 10% and I've done what I need to do. And even in the thing, you know, God knows our heart. God does know our heart. He knows if our giving is just because somebody expects it or if it's because we really want to do it. Let's do it from our heart. We should learn how to have a controlled debt-free life. I know it's, you say, how, how can I have a debt-free life when I have to pay a mortgage? Well, listen, that's something that you want a house, you're going to have to pay that. But when I say debt-free living, I'm talking about going out here, getting all of these credit cards, buying all of this other stuff, and you haven't paid one thing off, and you're getting other stuff, and you're just building it up. 
Many of us have been there before, but we should learn from where we were and not go down that same road again. We should be willing to pay our taxes. We should be honest in paying our taxes. We should pay our taxes with integrity and not complain about it. We know everyone is trying to find the most tax breaks. And there is nothing wrong with that, but we just need to make sure that um, we are doing things the correct way. And I know somebody's going to say, what? Listen, we don't pay taxes expecting to get something back. We shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar any more than is required. Like some people are paying extra, extra, extra saying, well, I'm going to get something back. So basically money that you could have utilized for your household to help other people during the year, you were giving it to the to the government and the government was taking your money and making interest off of it and doing what it wanted to do. And then at the end, you get a thousand dollars back. But you could have used that thousand dollars during the year to help with something else, maybe pay off one of your bills. So it's not, don't, don't pay more than you need to pay. Because really, if you pay what you are supposed to in taxes, you shouldn't be getting anything back. I have one friend, he doesn't pay his taxes during the year. He pays when, when it, you know, right before tax season. And he saved all of his money up in the account. And he said, you know what, then when the tax, I do my taxes and it tells me I owe this amount of money, I just take it out of my savings at least. I was able to gain the interest of my money. Now, I know everybody's not disciplined like that, but you could become disciplined like that. And something else that we need to do to help us to be financially content. Yes, really be financially content is to set goals and work towards those goals. If you make goals, if you set goals, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. I can tell you from experience Anyone and speaking on myself, if you have financial goals, you are going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to not get this done. You're not going to have you're not going to be able to get go to this place this particular time. You may have to cut back on something that you were doing every two weeks and say, you know what? I'm going to do it maybe once a month or once every other month. You know, I can go get a manicure. I can go get my nails done. I can go get pedicures. But I've just decided that I don't want to invest my money like that. I would rather say, mm. and also because I have a Kenya mission school that I support. So when I am to the mindset of before I spend, I think, well, do I really need to buy this? Or could this go to feeding some children in the school? Or could this go to purchasing some books for the children in the school? Or could this go to um, supplying some flip-flops for the children in the school? And so that will make me step back and say, you know what? You don't need to get that. Now, don't get me wrong. On occasion, I do. But I don't buy at all <laughs> at the magnitude that I used to be. I used to go in the store and go into the stores and go shopping and spend, you know, $500 easily. But I've moved from that. I've learned. I've learned to step back from that. And we also, if you want to be financially content, learn to live within your means. If you can't pay cash for it. Now, understand a car, you're not going to pay cash for in a house. But listen, everything else, you should be able to pay cash for. That means, you know, I know that I need this 
okay, I'm going to save up for it. I was talking to somebody. They was like, I need some new furniture. I'm going to go get some new furniture. I'm going to do it this way. And I was like, okay, well, you have options. You can do same as cash. If you can get same as cash, then that's fine. Same as cash, 12 months, then pay it off in 12 months and you don't owe any interest. But if you can't pay it off in that time, then don't get it. Just save your money. When you save your money, you will find what you want and you will leave that store having paid cash for it. And that's one less thing you have to think about. That's one less headache you have to have. You won't have to wonder about mm, what am I going to do now to, to, to find the resources to pay this money. And so listen, living within our means is very important. And even if you have it, you don't have to spend it. If you have a credit card nowadays, you need a credit card. There are some places you want to go um, when you travel. They're only going to accept a, cre a credit card. But you ought to be saying, if I'm going on this vacation and I'm only going to spend five hundred dollars. And I got to use my credit card, I should have the five hundred dollars to pay that credit card off when I get it in 30 days so that I don't have any interest attached to it. So we do need to be, um, you know, really, really mindful of that. And one thing I like to say to help us to be financially contentment. Hey, write down your blessings. Write down your blessings. Remind yourself of how you've been blessed. Be content. You know, your house is a hundred is a thousand square feet. Some people wish they had a, a thousand square feet house. When I went to Kenya to the mission school in the village, look, some people's places were so small, no barely a roof on it, a piece of tin, no windows, no doors, um, nothing inside but a little teeny table with a little burner on it where they've made a little stove or maybe a little pile of uh, rocks and something and some wood where they made a makeshift um, oven or something. It was just amazing how these people were still joyful and wanted to serve the Lord and they were content in the state that they were in. And I think if we remind ourselves that, you know what? I have so much more compared to other people. I have no reason to complain. I have no reason. And I'm gonna find ways to help other people. Really? Yes, because I wanna be financially content. I wanna be mentally, mentally, focus on what's going on around me. And I found, you know, sometimes we just need to simplify our lives. Sometimes we're doing too much. Sometimes we're going too much places. I went to, um, this is just an example. I went to my auntie who was having surgery, took my suitcase. I probably didn't use half of what was in my suitcase. I washed my clothes that I did use before I came back, got back in town, that safe suitcase stood in my room for three weeks before I ever emptied that suitcase. So what does that tell me? I have stuff that I don't need. If I can travel, come back with that suitcase and not open it for three weeks, not even for toiletries, because I got my own set of toiletries in the house and one for traveling. I really have more stuff than I need. So you know what? It's purging time. It's purging time. We can un unclutter. We ought to be willing to get rid of some things. We need to find ways to help other people. 
in this process. And I tell you, when we get to that point, we will be able to be to be more focused. We won't be struggling with being content. We will be able to stay um, committed to what we said we're going to do in our spending. We will learn how to live within our means. <clears throat> and there are some things I'm sure in our households that we can reduce. I know everything is expensive. Cable is expensive. Um, the phone is expensive. The internet is expensive. And these are things that we have to have. But I think we we really search. We can find some other ways. Yeah, we got to do a little bit of work. But it just means that we find other ways to ensure that our resources are used correctly. Because we want to have greater contentment. And I have just found that my greater contentment comes when I am spending less. So listen, I just a short um, podcast on the day. But listen, our topic today was really be financially content. That's what we want to work towards. So I'm ending now. I thank you for tuning in to Dr. Annette West Speaks. Follow me on Facebook at Annette West and check me out on YouTube. YouTube. Check me out on Dr. Annette West Ministries. Looking forward to sharing with you soon. Blessings and have a great day. Dr. Annette West signing out.